Look at somebody next to you or somebody around you and say, how's your journey going? I want to talk just a minute. This is kind of like maybe maybe a little heavy loaded with the understanding of the, the, the journey of our salvation in Christ Jesus. The journey of our walk with the Lord. Because, you know, you do move from being lost to being found. Jesus talked about that with the in Luke 15, when he talked about the sheep that was well, the one that not left the 99 and the shepherd went out looking for the sheep. Also, this is not said in Scripture so much, but the reality of the emotional, it is in Ephesians chapter 1, but being, from being rejected to being accepted. That's a weighty thing. For your heart to go through, isn't it? That you come out of the shackles of rejection, you come into the safe embrace of acceptance. From being an orphan to being adopted by the Lord. Orphans are people who have the mentality, I can't depend on anybody else ever. I have to do it all myself. No one is going to be taking care of me. I have to fend completely for myself. That is a mentality. It is amazing. Jesus, you know, all the disciples, they had moms and dads, but Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come for you. So there's this spirit of adoption, the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We open our hearts to the love of the Father and we say, Daddy. He's not giving us a spirit of fear, again, to slavery, but a, the spirit of adoption where we cry out, Abba, Father. So we move from being orphans to being sons adopted. From being cursed and this is key not just being cursed and the curse broken but moving from having a cursed life to a blessed life huge difference living life always on empty versus now living life with a full tank always on full powerful when the lord breaks something in your and this is where the, the, the essence of um, our words are so dynamically powerful. This is kind of like one of those themes that when you get on it, the Holy Spirit loves to begin ministering freedom because something could be said to you when you're little, but then you repeat it and you embrace it as a truth of yourself and it may not be good. Are you with me? It becomes a curse. And the Lord wants to break those that hinder you. Orphan mentality, full of curses. There's something about moving into freedom that you must renounce the things that became your beliefs that were bad beliefs about yourself. Because those become like vows and they tie you up 
to a certain mentality. You have to break the power of the words that you've actually spoken. So in the journey of coming, moving along in developing into your lifestyle with Jesus, he's going to be pointing out, hey, you're speaking things about yourself that are not good for you. How many of you had a a dose full of that? We go through seasons of that. That's one of those things, just like the theme of forgiveness. It's funny, when you come in and start teaching on forgiveness, many people go, oh, like this is the first time they ever heard it. Because the power of the Holy Spirit to come and release the freeing effect of forgiveness in your heart and life. And he pulls up another person, you go, ooh, ah, yay, ooh, ah, you gotta do that, deal with it. How many of you have had secret things locked down in your soul and the time comes the Holy Spirit says, we're gonna be setting you free from that one now. And you learn the power of forgiveness. You learn the power of breaking a curse and beginning to speak blessing and stepping into the things that the Lord has for you in your journey. These are things that you're going to learn and take uh, to participate with and come to understand that you cannot give legal rights to a, a broken down life to continually breaking you down. You got to disempower that thing and come into the fullness of what Jesus wants you to have. Moving from being broken to being whole. Oh my gosh. How many of us, we look in the culture today, the levels of brokenness exceed far. I mean, maybe it's just, well, it's just the truth. We have more, uh, unfortunately, we have so many, like, every time I look in the news, I see somebody in West Virginia getting pulled over for, for like a massive amount of drugs in their car. People going, at, or, or, you know, this horrible thing, Lord, Lord Jesus, I've prayed over this Texas shooting. I didn't want to make it a central thing today, but the, 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 the brokenness in our culture the mental instability. You know, guns don't kill people. Mentally unstable people use guns. In fact, if you didn't have guns around, more people would be dying. But thank God. Isn't it funny that the states that, have, that you have concealed carry have very few, <laughs> very few, uh, a lot less death than those that are outlawing the guns. Moving from being bound to being free. I was a saved person for... I received the Lord when I was 17. And I did not, there were certain points at which I came into certain freedoms, but there was a deep level of brokenness and bondage. I was bound in so many ways, and I was stuck. How many of you know what it's like to be stuck? You're saved, and you know you're going to go to heaven, but it's just been a hellish walk because you're stuck in all this stuff. And you have to, and it wasn't until my early 30s that I began to understand that I could be free from the bondage that I was stuck in. And there's principles, truths, and anointing, and capacity for people to walk walk you through. And so that's why when we're, you know, just, just the simple fact that we worship the way we worship. There's a little principle there. It says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. How many of you know the world has a spirit? And it'll get you depressed. It'll push on you. It'll try to make you depressed. It'll work you over. Then you come in here, and you, maybe it's just a lot of headlines. 
You see, it's just a lot of stuff. If you don't have a, the ability to cast all the things in your life upon the Lord and to enjoy Him, one of the reasons I tell jokes is because I am an endorphin. I need endorphins. I heard this joke. I'll just go ahead and tell you. The guy said, uh, he gave a guy six months to live. The doctor gave a, the patient six months to live. And then he, um, he realized that uh, he hadn't paid his medical bills. So I gave him another six months. <laughs> okay, there you go. That's fine. It's funny stuff right there. Okay, so you move from being bound to being free. How many of you like this one? From being powerless, goes along with the bound and free, to being empowered. Being empowered. And the, the ultimate, you know, the, which I'm going to read a passage here in a minute, but from being dead to being alive. You know, it's funny, the gospel is not about making you a better person, it's making you alive. Moving you from being dead in your sins to being alive in Christ. The gospel is about raising dead people who are bound in their sins and breaking the shackles of that off and causing them to rise up into the life of Jesus Christ. And here's the last one I put down in capital letters. From being a captive to being a witness that you know how to tell the testimony of freedom that you have gained in Jesus Christ and spill the news into the heart of another person who needs the help. Oh, let's just praise the Lord. That's what the Lord wants is a whole army, a whole army of people who know how to articulate the capacities of Jesus, what he's done in your life. So where are you on your journey with Jesus now, to underscore everything I've just said here, Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 10 is in the, I love the Passion Translation. Listen to this. And His fullness fills you, even though you were once like corpses, dead in your sins and offenses. It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion and customs and values of the world. Obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. The corruption that is in them, that is in us from birth, was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. We live by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds, thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children subject to God's wrath like everyone else. And you have to, reading that, you go, how, 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 and then you hit number four, he goes, but God, but God still loved us. Somebody say, hey, hallelujah. Because we were so trafficked. It makes me think of that little, uh, was it a pig pen on the, the peanut cartoons? He would show up and there would always be flies. We're so trafficked with the Beelzebub, you know, the world and thoughts invading and flybys and uh, you're just dirty, you know, unclean. But God, who still loved us with great love, he's so rich and compassion and mercy, even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one. And we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. 
for we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Just go ahead and say, I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ. You actually have a, tool, a kind of a dual citizenship here. You're down here, but you're really a citizen of heaven. And Paul, the way he could actually live his life in this authority that he had was under the re, the, with the reality that he was a spirit being. Just go ahead and say, I'm a spirit being. I happen to have a body. Aren't you glad it's not the other way around? Then don't live like it. How many of you have lived like, uh, I'm just stuck in this body? Now, see, here's the thing. When you, when you, this is an interesting phenomenon. When you really, really take heed to the fact that you have a, you're a spirit first, and we'll talk about that in a minute, when you're a spirit first, then you can really open to, it doesn't t- you, you can break a lot, you can break through a lot of places and come into a refreshing understanding. You, your spirit can be released. I don't have enough words to explain this right. But there's this being seated with Jesus and having a perspective from his eyes into your life, not just looking from down here, but, but having a view over things that are from his perspective in your life. So it says throughout the coming ages, we'll be able to, to be the visible display of the infinite riches of his grace and kindness, which was showered upon us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved, by faith nothing you did could ever earn this salvation. It was a love gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will be ever able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. We have become his poetry, recreated people that will fulfill the destiny that he has given each of us, for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one, even before we were born. God planned in advance our destiny and the good works that we would do to fulfill it. This is so, to me, this, there's something so life-giving when you come to understand no matter what got piled up on your life over your lifetime, how, much, how many things came against you, all this stuff. In the context of all that, God himself has this person that he will use all this negative and he'll cause this person to rise up out of that. He will do that. It's his destiny. He's pre-planned it. And you pop up and you peep out there. Hey, I'm not going to be under all the things that I've been under all these years. And you sprout up. And God begins to manifest His love and life through you. Huge. And He always intended that. Just go ahead and say this. God is for me. Who can be against me? Hallelujah. Let's just praise Him for a second here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The starting place, the starting place is, I like to look at Genesis 2-7, then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils 
the breath of life, and man became a living creature. So now we have Adam becomes alive because of the breath of God that goes in. And then in 1 Corinthians 15, 45-49, it says, Thus is it written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam, everybody say the last Adam is Jesus. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The first Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it's not the spiritual that's first, it's the natural that's first, and then the spiritual. So the first man was from the earth, a man of dust, the second man from heaven. And as was the man of dust, so also are we who are of the dust. And as the man of heaven, so are also those who are of heaven. How many of you say, I'm of heaven? Just as we've been born in the image of the man of dust, we also bear the image of the man of heaven. So how do we go from being born in the image of this man of dust to bearing the image of the man of heaven? And how does Adam's fallen race have a chance to gaining eternal life? I was reminded this. I'm, this, is the, this is huge to me. It's like stuff that as the older you get and you look at it, you go... It's really true. You might think that you're like really something. And it's good to think you're really something. Because if your mom and dad say, you're really something, you need to know you're really something. But when it comes to your salvation, you're really nothing. You don't bring anything to the bargaining table. Zero. You got nothing to purchase with. Your good looks won't get you into heaven. Your wit won't do it. No amount of money will do it. You got nothing. The Word of God says it in Romans 3. says, there is none righteous. No, not one. No one understands and no one seeks for God. On your own, you'd never lift a pinky to pursue God. You'd just be stuck in your, your own selfish soul down here on earth. Romans 8, 7 says, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. You're even hostile. There's a hostile takeover in your head. I mean, the thing that really, I've said this a couple, I've said it, but it's amazing to me how people always blame God. The deception in the world, being under the, the, the just to blame God. Somebody, some evil person comes and damages another person, and they go, why did God let that happen? Because he gave you a free will, and you can pick up a gun and damage somebody's life because you have a free will. Well, what about the people that pray all the time? Sometimes when they pray all the time and they walk close to the Lord, the bullets miss. And he makes escape. There was a little TikTok, a little beautiful thing. One of the girls that was uh, uh, killed, a uh, little, little precious little girl, she made a TikTok the day before and said, I want everybody to know. I was looking at it, it just melted my heart. I wanted you to know that if I die tomorrow, I'll be in heaven with Jesus. Whew. Just the prophetic power of a child and the witness of a little one that says, if I die tomorrow, and it's so important, if you die tomorrow, where will you be? On the journey. 
No one can come to the Father unless the Father, no one can come to me, Jesus said, unless the Father who uh, sent me draws him. And he says, and I'll raise him up on the last day. And so when a person comes to Christ, it's because the Father has been wooing them. He's been doing something. He's been reaching out. And he always partners with us to be praying. When you're praying for people, the Lord, the wooing process gets stronger. It's so amazing, isn't it? To see, when you go back and you see how, if you look at the people and the places and the events and all that, what, that brought you to the Lord, you can look back and see, oh, this guy showed up and, or this lady had this conversation with me and, and this and the, and they're behind the scenes, they're like, Lord Jesus, bring so-and-so to heaven. You know, bring, bring them into relationship with you. And you're, so, you're starting to change. And just keep that up. So, 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 so that. So prayer. So that. Don't look at them... <laughs> If somebody looked at you when you were in your bondage and just said, ah, the heck with it. Or did somebody look and see the gold in there and go, mm, they, could, they could really be something. Like Father God looks at you and says, I know Paul is breathing murderous threats at the church right now. And many of my believers are crying out, Lord, spare us from this man. Well, I'm going to just go ahead and show up and confronting myself. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Lord! Now we have most of the New Testament because of that man. There's gold misdirected, but people can be transformed. Let's praise the Lord just a moment. There's people that you're looking at that God has big plans for. Big plans for. Bound, messed up, big plans. Salvation, though, is, is, is not just, it's, it's an awakening to the love that you were designed to experience that flows from Father God, poured into your heart by the Holy Spirit. This is how I think about it. This is what the kind of verses that come to my heart. A leper in Matthew chapter 8, 1 through 3, the leper. Verse 2 says, And behold, the leper came to Jesus, and he knelt before him. Remember the story? Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Nobody touches lepers. Nobody touches lepers. In fact, you stay a certain amount of feet and you yell, unclean, unclean. You don't get close to a leper. There are people you go, oh boy. That's some disease. But Jesus stretched out his hand. He comes to the leper, and everybody's looking, and they can't believe it. And he reaches out, and he touches him. Everybody around is having a meltdown. They're freaking out. And Jesus comes to you in your leprosy. And all of your waywardness and all of your, what's your heart sickness, all of your struggle and your trouble, everything that's gone wrong with you. And he goes, 
Because you got a secret prayer in there. If you would just heal me, something good would happen. Could you just help me? And Jesus got up on the cross. He stretched out both hands. He says, I'm going to get all of you. I'm going to touch all of you. I'm going worldwide. I'm going to cleanse you to the core. I'm going to take away everything that has made you socially inept. I'm going to pour love into you so that you won't reject people before they even get a chance to know you. I'm going to break the bondage of your hurts and the things that have been spoken over you. I'm going to break those curses. I'm going to touch you and take your leprosy right out of you. That's our Savior. That's how He does it. And He doesn't back off. And He empowers us to touch the untouchable. He empowers us with the same inner confidence to come and something flow through us to awaken a heart to the love of God. And how's it all work? Would you just repeat this with me and then I'm going to come over here and uh, see if I can close with singing this little song. First. Corinthians 1 verse 9 says this. Just repeat this. God is faithful. God is faithful. By whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son. Jesus Christ our Lord. You and I were called into fellowship. Koinonia is the term. You're called into fellowship. Called into relational communication. Your salvation is fellowship with Jesus. Your salvation is your encounters, your experience of the person of Jesus. And as you get to know him, how many have you had him touch you when you come into the house of God or just seeking him at your house alone? He touches you. That's where it all develops. A long time ago, I wrote some um, words. And so this is about the journey. It goes, sitting on the potter's wheel. Remember this? Spinning, spinning, spinning Sitting on the potter's wheel Ashamed of all my flaws But there's these hands There's these hands There's these hands And he knows And I'm getting better Getting better. There's these hands. There's these hands. The coldest hearts, abandoned and rejected, 
hardest hearts Deceived that no one cares The broken hearts Will now all be mended The potter has arrived To repair The hearts of stone Will be sprinkled with his water And hearts of flesh Will appear For we are clay And our God is the potter And behold He is drawing near Sitting on the potter's wheel Spinning, spinning, spinning Sitting on the potter's wheel Ashamed of all my flaws But there's these hands There's these hands There's these hands And He knows And I'm getting better I'm getting better There's these hands There's these hands The bitter hearts Will flow with His forgiveness The fearful hearts Will know His peace The troubled hearts will find their rest in His love. The potter's miracles will never cease. You know it, sing along. Sitting on the potter's wheel, spinning, spinning, spinning. Oh, sitting on the potter's wheel, ashamed of all my flaws. But there's these hands There's these hands There's these hands And He knows And I'm getting better I'm getting better There's these hands You are worthy of it all You are worthy of it all For from you are all things To you are all things You deserve the glory
You are worthy of the stand together. Oh, oh, you are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Oh, you are worthy of it all. Oh, you are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You the glory thank you Lord thank you Lord hallelujah we have a few people up here ready to pray if there's other uh, issues and stuff and I just want you to know that because of that because you know you might not be from a place where you go hey I'm not certain about coming down and having somebody pray for me but the reality is sometimes if it's a boulder you need a little help pushing it and maybe the Lord opened up something to your heart today that you need a little help in prayer you're dismissed love on each other hallelujah